This is episode three of the Broken Instruments podcast. In this episode, I feature a very special person to me, a very important person to me, my wife, Mary Grace Carrion. If you listen closely, you might hear our daughter, Amela, peek in here and there. At the time that we recorded this, she was five months old. She is now nine months old. So if you can imagine the amount of growth that she's had in the last few months. In this episode, we talk about loss and dealing with loss and how we can continue to live our life after we lose someone that we love. Okay, so I want to welcome my lovely wife. Welcome to the podcast, babe. Hello. <laughs> so this is um Gracie, or uh, Mary Grace, my wife. And in the background, you might hear her. That's um, Amela, our, our daughter, our first child. Um, she's now five months yes. this year. She was a COVID baby, born in April. Um, there was actually a topic that I thought... Um, would be good to talk to you about Mm -hmm. and it's something that everybody deals with at different times of their life and I think it it really is something that we can talk about because there was a lot of different types of um, things that we've gone through and particularly you've gone through Mm -hmm. in your life and it's important to to kind of highlight those I think and I mean I'm thinking it might help or it might be you might be able to help somebody that might be going through things in life right yeah. like so um this episode is about dealing with loss right so um in i think in everyone's life we we have possessions that mm-hmm. we think are going to last forever and there's one you know one time in every possession where we realize the value of something and a lot of times it's it's when you lose it. Yeah. You know, so I um I thought it'd be be good to bring you on for this particular episode because um at a young age you lost your dad. Yeah, I was 11. Yeah, I was 11 mm-hmm. years old and I think the hardest part too was because it was unexpected. It was yeah. an accident, so or he fell off a ladder, and it was just a normal Monday. He came home from work, and then he just went, and or he left, and then all of a sudden, like next thing you know, like I didn't realize that was going to be like the last time I saw him, and like. As an 11-year-old, sometimes, you know, like, you don't really know. You don't really understand things fully. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it was it was tough just because, like, for me, it was just, oh, I lost my dad. You know, I didn't really know, like, the deeper, kind of like the deeper meaning or, like, the feeling of really losing somebody. So... I mean, obviously, I was still young, and it was just me and my mom, but good thing, you know, we live with my family, like my mom's siblings and my grandparents, so we weren't alone, and I think since it was just me, since I'm the only child, and it's just me and my mom, it was obviously harder for my mom, just because obviously that was, you know, her life partner. Yeah. And for me, as I grew, it was as I grew older was when I was starting to feel it, like feel the loss more. I don't remember exactly how old, but it was probably maybe either like a few months or like a couple years after. Because I remember like even at the funeral or like at the viewing, I was like playing with my cousins. I wasn't like really showing that I was sad. I wasn't just like sitting there like, you know, I was like running around. I remember with my cousins like outside. Was it intentional or you feel like you you just naturally didn't really want to think about it? I mean, as you like, you know me, when it comes to emotions and feelings, Mm -hmm. I don't like to show it. Yeah. And like looking back at it now, I, it wasn't intentional. Like, Mm -hmm. or it probably partly was, 
it's just I just don't like showing emotion or like that I'm sad. Yeah. Or like, cause I don't, I don't like crying, cause I'm already a sensitive person. So when it comes to like me crying, I just don't like showing that vulnerable, vulnerable side of me. You're a very emotional person for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I try to keep my emotions in, and when like situations like that, when it happens, I just don't like being in that kind of state. Yeah. And so, I feel like, obviously, as I grew older. And I really understood, and like I kind of miss, you know, obviously seeing my friends and like their dads growing up, and like how they are, or they would tell stories and stuff. And it's like I wish I could have had that, or yeah. you know, it's just I missed out on that part of my life. Like when you, I guess that's the saying, right? Like you don't realize how valuable something is until it's gone. Yeah, and of course that. Pertains to like our loved ones too. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really lost anyone as close as like a father would be to mm-hmm. somebody, um, but but definitely like having to deal with it and understanding that nothing lasts forever is like yeah. the hardest thing to accept. I think. Um, I mean, even talking about things like just normal possessions that we have, like when you have like a favorite pair of sunglasses or um i don't know whatever is valuable to people or you lose something very valuable you really understand the value once it's Mm -hmm. gone yeah and when something you feel can't be replaced it's i don't think you ever really forget Mm -hmm. about it because every because everything would remind you yeah of it like i mean when you're saying like your cousins and their dad and stuff it's when you see that and you feel it then what do you what do you do? How do you kind of snap that into, I guess, something healthy for um, for you to get through? I think just understanding that our life isn't our own mm-hmm. and just having to realize that everyone's going to die. You know, it's yeah. just a matter of when. So I think that, and you know, like that everything happens for a reason and everything is meant to be. Yeah. And for me, like, especially like that's kind of what got me through is that it was his time, even if it wasn't our plan or like what we wanted, like me and my mom, but it's just all part of like God's plan to where he's in charge of when he wants to take us. So I feel like even if I was young, I feel like I understood that at a young age especially just being active in like our church Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's the biggest part that like our aspect of my life that kind of got me through the loss and um so because we're both nurses we understand that there's like stages of grief that yeah everybody has to kind of get through and Mm -hmm. i know like they say there's like an order and it's like according to like Kubler and Ross or something. Um, did you ever experience denial? Like where you didn't believe it or you just didn't think it was real? Yeah, I feel like it was probably like a few days like after just because, you know, when you go through like your normal routine or, you know, actually, I feel like it was probably like a f- maybe like a few weeks just because, you know, like you're still in that like... Well, like you're in shock? Yeah, you're in shock and, you know, just kind of like wondering, yeah, like, is this really real? Like, and when you wake up in the morning, it's like, is he really gone? Yeah, a lot of people feel like it's just a dream. Yeah, and like, you know, you wish it's a dream, but yeah, like you do. I did feel that where it was like, this isn't real. Um, I mean, you were young, but did you ever feel like any like anger or... um? kind of frustration with it happening surprisingly i don't think it was anger towards that like he was gone if anything it was probably more towards myself that i wish i could have done more or i wish i could have like been a better daughter you know yeah so i think and that's um that's actually the next part like bargaining where it's not, I mean, people think bargaining is like, oh, like, you know, will you give him back if I do this? Like, they're talking to God or whatever. It's like, oh, 
can we go back and like I'll I'll be you know I'll I'll do something different or something. Yeah. But not it's not just asking. It's really feeling like and questioning yourself. Like would I would it have been different if I did something else in the past? Like if I yeah. was a better daughter, you mm-hmm. know. And and I know that's naturally for everybody. So obviously, like you're you know that that's not true. Yeah. It's just naturally we question ourselves and we question our actions because. Of course, you want it back. Yeah. It's almost like you want to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. And um, so you kind of not skipped over anger, but I think at that age, and it's, I mean, with your faith too, and the yeah. family's um, yeah. faith and tradition, mm-hmm. um, maybe it was there maybe for family members, like, you know, your yeah, mom and stuff. Yeah, my mom, yeah. And your uncles and your grandparents. But at the same time, it's, um, I mean, being that age, I think... It's different when you're 11. Yeah. You don't have a lot of anger, right? Yeah. So, and that's where I mean where it's like I didn't fully understand the loss at that time. Yeah. It was more towards when I got older. Did you see your family though? Like any feelings of that? Yeah. I mean like especially, <laughs> especially like with how the accident happened he was wearing yeah. slippers like flip-flop slippers oh wow on, on a ladder. ladder and like coming down obviously like you know oh, they were like yeah they were saying you know like why know that, yeah they're like why would you go up the ladder wearing just yeah. slippers like yeah. you know you could have like if you could have worn shoes and that's where also it leads into the bargaining it's like what if he wore shoes or yeah you know like he wouldn't yeah. have fallen Oh, so dude, it's I didn't like, know that. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's where, like, the anger part. Yeah. And naturally, everyone's going to be like, why was he on the ladder? Why was he, what was he doing up there? You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, um, when you, when we talk about anger, it's not like you're just, like, mad at the person. You're not just mad at yourself or the situation. It, it's mostly just, like, we're trying to displace this feeling yeah right there's there's a, an element of like aggression with loss so it's like it, they describe it as anger yeah now past bargaining like wondering if like things could have been different or you know i wish like if we can turn back time and stuff mm-hmm. did you actually get to a depressed state like depression not not depression but like there would be times when it would like it would hit me and it would I would realize that he's gone and like it mm. and it would hurt but it wouldn't be to the point where I'm like depressed for like days but yeah. it would hit me and I would like break down and cry really but it wouldn't be that bad like but how long course, after well I feel like with me even my mom noticed it too that obviously it was harder on my mom yeah and so she was going through like all those stages and I felt like I had to be the strong one in the situation. Yeah. So I feel like when my mom started to be okay, mm-hmm. that's when like it hit me because I was like being stronger for her. So and it would be hard. You were like kind if of we were, bottling it up. Yeah, maybe? like if we were both in that state, then yeah. and I mean it wasn't like intentional, but like looking back, and even my mom says it too that. She, I kind of had to be the strong one for her because if my mom were to see me like that, it would be harder for her too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I even remember like you started like, well, you didn't get sick, but you had like some like heart palpitations or something well, one it, night. Yeah. And that was during one of the, the viewings. And I think so too, it was like a few days after. No, it was. Or, yeah. A few days after, but it was like, yeah, during the viewing and all of a sudden, like I just couldn't breathe like it was so my my chest was so heavy do you feel like it was like a panic attack no i don't think so i Mm. yeah it was just so strange like how it just had to happen that way where i even had to go to the hospital yeah well because i feel like a lot of people don't realize that like when you're in like an emotional stress state or like you know mentally drained or overwhelmed yeah it shows up in the body and -hmm. if you keep suppressing it or if it's repressed or suppressed either way like it's gonna peak out somewhere yeah and i feel like what that's one thing that can happen where out of nowhere you weren't doing anything in particular to to make yourself or thinking anything particular to make yourself 
you know, feel that way. And it just started happening. It started exhibiting. Yeah. What were you thinking when you started feeling that way? I was honestly scared just because I was like, like what's happening. Yeah. Because I mean, I do have, I did have a history of a heart problem. Yeah. So I thought it was just that. And obviously like what you said, you know, the feelings, it shows up in your body when you like, when you realize, when you don't realize it. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I was bottling up my emotions and so it just I'm curious what they did at the hospital. What did it I come mean, out to be? They just they just bought it down to me being like stressed and mm. because of the loss, you know? Yeah. So and I felt okay. Like everything was fine. They couldn't find anything wrong. Yeah. And um Yeah. Like that's the thing. I mean, to to get to the acceptance part i don't know i mean it's different for everybody like when did you get to that part and what helped you get to that part of understanding like this is life now and you know he's not here and it's like you have to keep moving like what when what helped you get there and how long did it take those types of things it's hard to really say how long it's like just because sometimes like yeah i don't really remember like there's times when i remember exactly what happened but i feel like it did take a while just because when i as i grew older that was when i really started to realize maybe like a few years really realized that you know he's not here he's not coming back and he is watching from above so obviously he would want us to have a good life and live a good life and you know not to just always think about him to where you know it's just gonna affect our lives here and of course you know he always wanted the best for us he always did the best that he could for us so i feel like it was a few years and just you know just accepting that he is gonna be still guiding us from above or wherever he is and that he's still with us yeah, I think like faith really does help. Yeah. And, you know, believing in, you know, that believing in the afterlife or at least that life and the soul and the spirit is bigger than our physical body. Yeah. Um, and every time, you know, we're with people that lose someone, I think that's ultimately what we get to where it's the person is closer to you more now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's hard to believe because they're physically not here, but I feel like they understand you more now. They, yeah, they're able to move. Yeah, they're able to move things around and help you in mm-hmm. this life. Yeah. You know, like a guardian angel or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, we, we met a year. Oh, not met. We started, started talking, talking. Yeah. a year after, mm-hmm. around a year after that he died. Yeah. Um. And, I mean, we were still, you know, just talking. So, it wasn't really something I mm-hmm. was able to really talk to you about. Yeah. Um, but I feel like getting to know you, you were definitely more mature at mm-hmm. your age than other people. And I'm thinking it's because of that, too. Yeah. That you you just looked at life differently. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me even understand more. That if I if, that if we were to have a relationship, you know, that I that I have to be aware and cognizant to make sure that, you know, I'm I don't want to hurt you, and I I, yeah. I want to make sure that even more so I want to help you and be part of your life, mm-hmm. add to your life, you know, not necessarily to fill any any void, and no one can ever fill that void yeah. of your dad, but I definitely made it a point to understand that, you know, you've been battle tested that you've been through stuff yeah and um from there we kind of picked up and we just kind of had a relationship for i mean it's 15 years now yeah of getting together and you know like our relationship no no relationship is perfect our relationship was you know not perfect i mean our relationship wasn't perfect yeah like no relationship is um i feel like I feel like um, 
I forgot which of your uncles, but one of your uncles told me that they noticed that when we first started talking or when we got together, mm-hmm. that there was like a, a hint of like brightness in and lightness like with you. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, and, and it's, I think it's just us, you know, getting together and kind of our lives merging yeah, um, into something that we always highlighted as a blessing mm-hmm. in life. And it was never my intention to be, to be a light for you. It was just, I, I wanted to get to know you yeah. more. I wanted to be friends and closer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we, we were together for 12 years before we got married. So yeah. um, I know one thing that we did experience together and it was a little bit different was, you know, our first year of marriage was, was um, it was a hard time, I think, with us. Yeah. So we got married in um, January of 2018. And in, in May, we found out that we were May, yeah. yeah that um we were expecting so we conceived early we're thinking like maybe end of march we we conceived our first child and you know of course there was all this excitement and me and me and you were very um goal oriented we were very yeah. uh strong-willed mm-hmm. in everything that we did and i think it was a real reality check for both of us in May when we uh, at the at the 11 week uh, yeah, um, it was 10 weeks. Yeah, it was like the 11 week uh, appointment and we found out that um the baby's heartbeat had stopped at 10 weeks. Yeah. The baby grew to 10 weeks and they could not find um the heartbeat anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the biggest reality check for me in yeah. life that nothing is promised mm-hmm. right and for us we were i mean we were both very like i said strong-willed and we were very determined in making our lives like making our lives to the like the best that we can yeah and this was one thing for sure i feel like one we didn't expect uh two that we didn't know how to deal with it yeah, because it was a different type of loss. It was a different type of we loss. We never thought that we would experience. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we had, I want to say, like, we've had so many blessings. Yeah. Almost, I would say, the perfect life. Yeah. Um, and perfect not in the sense of, like, oh, everything good happens to us. It's that everything that has come in our life, like, we, we've been able to handle it. Yeah. And even if it was stressful or it was it was hard or dark, um, we got through it together. Mm-hmm. And I think that day um, at that doctor's appointment when, like, you know, they couldn't find the heartbeat, I was I was at loss for words. Yeah. And I was kind of um, confused of what to do. I was, like, kind of paralyzed. Yeah. And all I really knew to do was uh, just to get the next thing done in front of us like what was the next thing we had to do yeah and like kind of one step at a time like literally one step at a time because mm-hmm. i think it hit you first oh, yeah. and it, it took me a while to process it for some reason because like when we we're in the appointment and the doctor was looking for it and then they're like um that i think the doctor was kind of like just quiet because she first they we're using the Doppler. The Doppler so in India. So they said that usually, you know, we can hear, but if not, if the baby's still too small, then we'll try the ultrasound. Yeah. So right when she couldn't hear it with a Doppler, like my heart dropped already. Like I already you had, had a feeling? feeling something was wrong. I, don't, I was just so jaded. I didn't even realize like it was, you know, or that was, could be the, that could be the reason. Yeah. So when they, you know, that's the specialist came in, the, you know, was it a sonographer or something? I forgot. Yeah. So they came in and, and I mean, at that point, that's when I put away our camera because it was all excitement yeah. up to that point. You know, we were videotaping everything and we were kind of like documenting for the baby. And I think at that point, I, when I put my camera away and 
you were crying and I was just like, oh crap. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I remember looking at you and I was like. I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the, I mean, I want to say the hospital staff and the doctor were just so compassionate and yeah. empathetic towards us. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm very thankful that they, that you know, they understand. Um, but I remember having to make that decision even there, like, you know, to have the surgery to get everything removed, yeah. like the, the DNC. I remember getting home and I think that's when it really hit me. Mm-hmm. I think it's cause being in my, being in my position, like as a man or as a husband or as a father, it was more like, I want to get us home. That's what I felt when we were at the hospital mm-hmm. and we were talking to the doctor, making all these decisions. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like whatever we got to do. And I think, I guess it speaks to, like, I understand now that, like, when we got home and it was just us two, that's where I felt like I could let it out and talk because yeah. we we're safe at home. Yeah. I didn't need to to be, like, alert or, uh, uh, like, have more situational awareness for our safety and things like that. When I got yeah. home with us, it was more like, oh, shit. Like, excuse me. Like, oh, this is... This is real. And all I remember saying, because I know we were both in the room and we were, we were both crying on the bed and it was, um, <sighs> I think it hit me a bit. Um, wow. I said, um, I don't know if you remember, I think the first, the only thing I said was, we were going to be good parents. We were going to be good parents. Yeah, I remember that. And um, it was hard to, like, you know, tell people. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that knew, we, it was just, how do you how do you spread the news, you know? Yeah. Because everyone was, like, it's, like, that's the first time I felt, like, 200% excitement down to negative 200% excitement. It was yeah. just, like, mm-hmm. from, like, super bright to super dark mm-hmm. pitch black you know um unexpected and just there's no way you could have expected that and now mm-hmm. and at that point i understood that nothing's promised now getting through that like of course it was we progressed through the entire thing like i i felt that oh yeah but you know, we, we made it a point to switch negatives into positives. And, you know, we always told ourselves, like, it's not our time. Yeah. What was your, like, I don't know, like, what was your process through those few, first few months, at least? Because we, we kind of worked through it differently, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, it is harder for the women because, yeah. you know, we're the ones carrying the baby. So it hits, I feel like it hits us differently. Of course. And especially with, like, yeah, I think I went through that whole stage like denial of is this like no like this can't be happening like it like, like are you it's sure not happening to us like you know yeah yeah like like we said we never thought it would happen so it was like a big shock and then you know just being like not necessarily angry to like to god i think it was more towards me like oh I should have done something different. Oh, yeah. I should have like ate this or more of this yeah. or not. I shouldn't have done that or ate that. You know, it was just like so much like anger towards myself because, you know, since we're the ones carrying the baby, we I don't know if it was something that I did or didn't do. So I feel like that was really hard. And, and, and we both knew that it wasn't that. Yeah. I mean, like it took me a long time, honestly, to really accept that it wasn't me. And, you know, just wishing that obviously, yeah, like I could have, what if I did this? It would have, it would have prevented it from happening, but it took me a long time to really accept. I mean, cause it happened in May and we had like a really good talk in December, but with me, like, especially like coming home from work, I work with kids, I work with babies. Yeah. So it was tough for me to actually like see like, you know, after it happened and having to like see them, like see kids like, oh, like 
I could have had one, you know, or it could be. And I think too, when we were talking in the room, when it first happened, you know, we kind of said, or we kind of thought that, you know, maybe this is a sign that we're not meant to have a kid, Maybe you know, that we're not, you know, we're not able to. And this is just like God's way of, you know, telling us. And it was hard for me too, because obviously like I thought something was wrong with my body where like maybe my body isn't strong enough to carry a baby. And especially with, you know, like my history of like, like, you know, like fainting and like all that stuff. Like what if my body couldn't handle it? Mm -hmm. And that was going through my mind. And that was, that's like already tough to accept, like apart from the loss, you know? So it was just so much. Well, see like, what I'm understanding now, and I look back to that time, like it's the five stages, yeah, but it's not like necessarily in order. Or yeah. no one's to say that you can cycle back to every stage. Like I feel like we went through every stage multiple times. Yeah. Because um, there's good days and bad days, and and you wake up one way one day, and then the, the next day is just the complete opposite Different, again. Yeah. And it's the constant shuffling through the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and the acceptance. Yeah. Um. I think we were both kind of like channeling our our feelings differently. Um, I was never, I never got to that emotional place alone. You know, like I feel like I kind of channeled it into work and like getting what we needed to get as far as like finances and our living situation. Um, We made it a point to like, go on vacations and go yeah. on trips together. Yeah. And and that was for me like that's really what helped us get through I think. Like we kind of we made it a point to Are you okay babe? We made it a point to know that we can balance between you know thinking about it and being all about it, being enveloped in the darkness of it and observing ourselves and talking about it. Yeah. And then there was that counterbalance of let's not think about it right now. Yeah. So it was like uh, we suppressed it for certain things like, you know, parties or we go out for vacation. Let's go out yeah. and have fun. Let's um, let's see places. Let's experience life. And then we counterbalanced that back down to the darkness and, and yeah. feeling it out. Yeah. I never wanted to to resist or force any emotion with us. It was, what are we feeling? And we're usually vibing off of each other a lot when we're home, especially. And there was always times where we we would need to talk about it and we could tell. Yeah. We've had multiple talks. (laughs) Like, you know, everything that year was like, like your birthday, my birthday, holidays. It was like, we always had those kind of checkpoints where we reassessed where we're at. Mm Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, we were able to express a lot of emotions to get us through it at those times. Yeah. And I feel like, and I told you before, you know, like, you're the one who is really good with, you know, communication. So I feel like you really did help me get through it because obviously your mind can just take over and you can just, like, sulk and, you know, like, that feeling and then slowly getting depressed and i mean i feel like i was getting there Mm -hmm. but you did help me like snap out of it too you know help me like realize that you know we still have a life to live like we still like we still have each other yeah and that was a big thing that i kept telling myself when i would feel it or when we would talk mm -hmm. that it's that um yes we could have had a child um, but we highlight even more now what we do have. Yeah. Not what we lost, but what we do have. Mm-hmm. And if if I'm grateful for having a wife and having a partner in life, mm-hmm. and that's all I have the rest of my life, that's the most beautiful thing I can yeah. ever imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we still have each other it's that you're not alone and that we still have everything we need. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's us dreaming of a future, making our own plans that kind of, you know, made us feel disappointed. Yeah. So 
we definitely highlighted that a lot and mm-hmm. like you mentioned all the way up to like christmas that year yeah. 2018 christmas i think there was like kind of a pivotal moment mm-hmm. in our acceptance where like we realized like on all those talks that they're like no matter how good we felt one day and then how bad we felt the other days we were never really out of the woods yeah like you think we're you're out of the woods but then you know those hard days come up and you're like okay we're really not that good yet and you know we made a decision at that point that you know after the holidays after our, our anniversary we'll start trying yeah. again and you know? i think that's why like it was harder for us in that december because that's when the baby would have been born yeah so i feel like you know that was tough to actually tough. go through you know like we kept saying too like throughout the year like oh they're gonna be here like by christmas like by christmas we're gonna yeah. be a family yeah. and you know like having to like go through that feeling and remember it was it was tough and i think like we both yeah. realized it and had those feelings that that's where we had that good talk to and where it also too like us. the baby was gonna be born that time and we had friends that had kids had kids yeah at that time and like yeah. they were all gonna be growing up together we had those ideas and plans already yeah and you know our friends had their babies you know safely and the babies are healthy and it was kind of like well we we should have had ours yeah that was definitely hard um i think that talk that we had in christmas it, w- it was really acknowledging how weak and vulnerable we are as people mm-hmm. and i think it solidified my faith in god and his almighty strength where we couldn't handle this alone like we couldn't handle it not even just with each other but having god in the center of our relationship in the center of our home really taught me he taught me what almighty strength is that there's things that you can't do without yeah the higher power um and we, we got through the holidays you know as best as we could uh, our anniversary was in january so after that we started trying and i think we got to an understanding a level of understanding of whatever's in our cards we're all in on that yeah and, and that's all we can do um it became a mantra for me to expect the best things to happen but prepare for the worst yeah always prepare for the worst and you know i feel like like when when we kind of use that as our mantra, it helped us get through those those kind of like aftershocks yeah. where it would come back, you know, it would come back and it would be an aftershock. And and being open to our path in life. Yeah. And however we process through that, whether it be exercising, because I know that you started going to the gym with me, um, you were getting stronger. Yeah. Like you'd be squatting. <laughs> no, it was like one of those things where it became like a thing for us to kind of bond also. We would yeah. get to go to the gym. Um, we we kind of made it a point to always remind each other, yeah. you know, where we're at. Yeah. And I think every month from January after the, like the next few months, it was like every time you would get your period, it was that cycle of oh, like frustration. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like, okay, what if it's, what if it's never going to happen? Yeah. And then our mantra changed into good things can't happen if we are in a bad state. If we're unhappy and we're frustrated and we're angry or doubtful, yeah. how can good things happen? How could blessings come? Yeah. Exactly. That's not faith. Yeah. Right. So I think that became our mantra, like to get, and to be blessed with the good things in life, we had to be in that good frequency. And that yeah. that's how good things happen. Good things don't happen to people that just are angry at life. I don't believe that. Yeah. And, and yeah. And that's why I like to like, you know, you're saying that we kind of like, you know, we started like working out and stuff more. You know, I yeah. kind of wanted and it was like a way for me to, you know, wanting to get strong like my body to get stronger so yeah and healthier to you know be prepared if you know we do have another kid yeah i mean i remember like we we started doing like 
better eating habits, supplements, physically exercising, and um, ultimately that dark story turned into the greatest blessing I think we could have ever received. Yeah. And um, not long after, I want to say like July. Yeah, it was July. Of 2019. So it took about a year really to... For us to conceive. Yeah. Or to even just like mentally process through the entire thing and get to the level of real, true acceptance. Yeah. And what was crazy was, you know, throughout this whole year, you were feeling a lot of pain, you know, in your reproductive system. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a few months of us like feeling like this is probably preventing us from having a kid. So, you know, if, (laughs) I mean, if you want to tell that kind of story, it's kind of what you were feeling and how we got to that point and what we had to do about it. Things like that. Yeah. I mean, like I was scared because, you know, it was the pain that was really bothering me and the fact that we were trying for like like six, seven months and it still wasn't happening. So, you know, I made an appointment with my OB like in June and, you know, she was like, because my mom has history of like reproductive problems. So we just wanted to make sure if everything was okay inside yeah. and if anything, like if I had a, a cyst or like endometriosis or anything, that they would be able to remove it. And so, you know, it was scheduled um, for June. It was like June 28th. It was like the day, or no, June 26th, like the day before my birthday. Yeah. And then we had a wedding to go to like the week. A first after, thing of June, a yeah. first, first week of July. Yeah, so the week after, so my doctor had said it's best to reschedule it so because of the um, recovery period. So and then it was scheduled for July 31st. And of course, you know, like we, were, we weren't we were going to try anymore, like starting that month because of, you know, the surgery and hoping, you know, we get to find out like what's going on and what the pain is. So... You know, we both decided, okay, we're not going to try this time. So, um, which is weird because it was like, it was more like, well, we can't, right? Because you're going to have surgery. So, at that point, I feel like we we both really let go. And it was, it became true acceptance of the plan, right? We, it became true acceptance of, well, okay, so it's not time and it's not going to happen. You know, let's just be free. Yeah. And that was like the craziest thing that yeah. ever I think happened because yeah. it was I mean everything was serendipitous. Like, you know, I don't believe in coincidences, so the fact that it was pushed back and things like that. Um you were scheduled for surgery, like real surgery. It was like postponed until July. It was July 31st. 31st. So then on July 30, yeah. or at least and when, before yeah. leading up to then yeah. because i mean when i say like we I weren't trying when i said we weren't trying is like you know we were obviously or i was using like an app to see like when i was gonna conceive when i was um ovulating and stuff so i think like july we didn't we're like okay we're not gonna try like that this month it's mm. just gonna be whatever happens and obviously like we're like okay you know nothing's been happening so we're not we're not gonna take any precautions or anything so yeah but yeah and then so when since it was scheduled the 31st um I had worked that 30th, the day before the surgery. And then in the morning, I just, you know, wanted to make sure I just took a test, wanting to make sure that, you know, that nothing, that I'm not pregnant, just to, you know, be be safe. And then sure enough, like that morning, when I took it, there was like this really, really faint line. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that would be so crazy if, I was pregnant because we weren't trying and I'm, I have surgery tomorrow. Yeah. And all this time, like, we've been trying, nothing's been happening. And so I was, like, I was in shock. I was like, no way, this is not happening. I was like, is that really a line? This is before you went to work. Yeah. And then, yeah. so this was, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, like, almost 6 o'clock. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, is this for real? <laughs> so I remember taking a picture of it because I just, like, 
I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't really focus at work. I was like, okay. I just kept looking at it every time I had a chance. And then sure enough, like when I got home, actually before I got home, I remember stopping by the, by the, um, pharmacy store, store, yeah, the pharmacy store. store to buy more tests. And then you were cooking dinner. Yeah. And, oh yeah. yeah. I remember prepping because you were going to have surgery the next day. So I yeah. want, I prepared a really good meal, a lot of protein. I got some steaks, got even all this like, you like know, post-surgery nausea foods, like yeah. crackers, soup. <laughs> Yeah, and then so I remember I took a shower and then I took more tests and it was the same thing. I took three. It was two of the line and it was like really faint and one of digital. But that one, it said not pregnant. So I remember the digital one. Yeah, when we were going to eat before we ate dinner, we prayed and I was okay, babe, like I have a dilemma. Yeah, I remember I was ready to chow down, man. And then all of a sudden it was like. You said, oh, I, was like, I have a dilemma. I have a dilemma. And I'm like, oh, you're like, what? Oh, what? what? And then, I got all scared, dude. <laughs> and then it's always I, like that. And then I brought, and I showed the, the three tests. I don't even know. What was my reaction? And your face was just like in shock. Like you kind of had like <laughs> a smile. Remember. You had a smile and then you're just like, wait, what does this mean? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Because I was like, dude, you have surgery tomorrow. Yeah, and I was like, I don't what know. Are we supposed to and do I was like, look, because it, it's like a really, really faint line, but this one says like not pregnant, so I don't know. And then... Because your, your surgery was like, we had to check, call or check in at least at what time? It was like in the morning. That's why it was kind of like, what are we supposed to do? Because yeah. everyone's off already yeah. for the night or whatever, the doctor and stuff. I think we, <laughs> at that moment, we kind of, suppress it as much as possible we try to eat dinner and we're like all right let's talk about it later and i think we agreed to co- to try again in the morning you're going to take yeah. the test again and then you're going to call yeah um long story short we got a hold of the doctor in the morning or not the doctor but someone was able to talk to the doctor who was in another operation and they said if there's any chance even a little hint that you, there was possible uh, yeah. possible pregnancy that we're not gonna yeah. go with the surgery so we kept this our, our secret for months because of what happened the, the first time yeah. like we didn't want to tell everybody and have excitement build and then kind of have that you know that that fall you know yeah. that the, the crumbling of a building that we built yeah. you know so it was our little secret and it was kind of like we progress through each week just monitoring you and making sure that you know you're still okay yeah and ultimately we got to that 10 week mark and i was i think up to that 10 week mark was like terrifying every appointment it was like yeah. we we're traumatized it was really trauma yeah and and we because we dealt with it we got through that of, of that disappointment yeah. and that feeling that we we're kind of traumatized and never wanted to go through it again so there was like always like a silent anxiety and fear every time we would go to the to the doctors for the appointment and stuff and checkups and i remember like i don't know if it was like the 12 week or something the 12 week appointment or something like that where they were going to check for the heartbeat again and and yeah i remember like hearing the you know the heartbeat for the first time and it was like not for the first time but every time yeah and it was always Oh God! Like thank God, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like this is. It was always so. Much and it was like every time it was like, "Is this happening?" And then every checkup, and then the sonograms. It was like, "Is yeah. she growing okay?" And yeah. things like that. It was like, it's because of the trauma. We always looked at things from that perspective of fear. Yeah. You know, little did we know that she would turn into this little munchkin that's been making all this ruckus this whole time, <laughs> and. Yeah. She's healthy and strong, and she's the best thing that ever happened to us. I'm not saying that she solved the issues. She, it's not that you need something to get over a loss. It's she taught us that when you um, finally get to true acceptance, yeah. I mean, you're allowing beautiful things to happen again. In that dark place that we were at, I feel like. We were living life and it was a good life, yeah. but there was always this lingering feeling of despair that we never got to shake, you know, until we found true acceptance. Yeah. It's, it's, 
and knowing that people go through this all the time i i mean it's definitely like a really really important topic because nothing in this world will last forever we won't last forever you know and at some point we have to understand that it's so cliche but every moment does matter and the real things that matter are right now the present moment yeah and we can plan for the future we can ultimately you know shape our future but there's always that overlaying destiny mm-hmm. for life yeah but that's the one thing that's promised is the end mm-hmm. it's death so what we do now really really counts it's not um like yolo it's not like you know do whatever you want like just you know, F it kind of thing, but but more so like value what you have. Yeah. This is all that matters. And I mean, personally, like I love our life and whatever the future holds for us, I feel like we're stronger because of what happened. Yeah. I definitely see you're stronger because of what happened. And I mean, even up to now, it's still our mantra to expect the best things to happen for us, but prepare for the worst yeah and and i believe too like as hard as loss is like it does make you stronger and it does make you realize things in life and you know like the importance of what life is and what you have and you know just to be thankful for everything you have regardless and even you know with the loss that we experienced i feel like yeah we are different people we are stronger Mm -hmm. we learn from it and i feel like we we are better parents better human beings because of what happened yeah and maybe the we're the parents right now that amela needed we're the parents now that amela deserves yeah everything happens for a reason i think and if it's part of the story what you have to do is just embrace the story, embrace the cross, embrace what is written for us. Yeah. 100%. All right. Thank you so much, babe. Thank you.